0: Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne, bringing you conversations with farmhouse cheesemakers and dairy producers. The first Sunday of the month at 7am on your favourite station, 3CR. 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au Welcome to Herds and Curds with Lee. This is the last episode of a three part series on artisan farmhouse cheesemakers of Georgia. I'm in conversation with two guests today with connections to Georgia. The first is farmhouse goats cheesemaker Diana Vashvili from Ateni in Georgia. The second is long time Melbourne Georgian Choir member Therese Virtue, whose music has been featured in this series. But first, let's hear from Diana. Diana lives in the most stunning gorge in a guest house and winery she runs with her husband, Nika, who produces incredible wines. As historians, Diana and Nika were drawn to this region due to its wealth of historical monuments, which they are studying and documenting in their spare time. In fact, the region is famed for its microzone, where Atanuri wine originates, and the drive to their home... Through the local village, situated amongst terraced vineyards, past Atene's 7th century Sion, through the stream, to their property, is absolutely spectacular. No wonder I sound almost breathless as we pick up the conversation. Okay. Well, continuing on with our travels in Georgia and meeting local people that are making artisan cheeses, we stumbled across Diana. Yes. And we're in Arteni. And yes. Diana, I might get you to say your last name, if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Diana Bolotashvili.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Diana, we're here because we, we were following the trail of wine. Mm -hmm. and uh, your husband does make beautiful wine, and um, can you say your husband's name?
1: (laughs) Nika Vacheishvili.
0: Thank you. And uh, so we came last night to to taste the the gorgeous wine and uh, realized that you make gorgeous goat's cheese. (laughs) And hence, Herds and Curds is excited to do an interview with you. So tell us about the environment and um, where we are and your property a description of where we are.
1: So right now we are in the uh, in central part of Georgia. It's um uh, gorge uh, Tana Gorge at Any Valley. And so we <coughs> uh, we decided to move here from Tbilisi 9 years ago. And uh, we uh, bought some vineyard and planted uh, them uh, as well. So right now we have um, almost four hectare of vineyard and we're making our wine. And also we started uh, to have uh, uh, to make our cheese because we... Have goats, twenty of them, and uh, now also we have bees, so we have our honey as well, and mm. cheese and wine.
0: Excellent. Mm. And had you made cheese before?
1: It was just um, <laughs> watching uh, some um, uh, YouTube YouTube channel, ah, something okay. like that, and also I visited uh, cheese making. Uh, mm n- n- uh, site cheesemaking.com or something okay. like that and I was just looking for recipes and uh, something like that
0: because I've heard that from um, another cheese ma- goat's cheese maker mm-hmm. uh Sophia yeah yeah that um, there's not many people making goat's cheese no, no so there's no one to ask how to do it
1: yeah so it's it was just uh, <laughs> like a blind <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 once. Uh, once it was good, second time not <laughs> not very good. So yeah. we were just um, playing and trying to make some... some um, yeah. Ha, uh,
0: what's the style that you're making?
1: So right now we have um, just fresh cheese, but um, we already you know, built a small space for aging cheese, and uh, next year we would like to have some... Um, Maybe camembert. Or I don't know yet what what because oh. last year I tried uh, to make a camembert and it was really uh, good. good. Yes, yeah. I like them. So yeah. let's see.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. And so, where are you, are you making it in your own kitchen at the moment? Uh, yes, are you in going to
1: kitchen. So uh, it, make a, a cheese room in the yes. future? We already have a space. So. Next for next for next year, we would like to make um, in other space. Mm-hmm.
0: And who's doing the milking of the goats? Uh,
1: there is uh, one shepherd who looks after uh, these goats. One shepherd and two dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he milked them, and then um, I took this milk and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so he brings it down each day. Yes. Do they have a rest at all during the year?
1: Yes, sometimes mm-hmm. be, uh, when they have small goats and they need uh, just feeding. Mm-hmm. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. they are.
0: So you have twenty, and they approximately. They're, uh, did you start out with that many, or you just had? Yeah, one?
1: it was uh, five first, then uh, increase a little bit, and that today they, they are. They multiply. Yeah, <laughs> multiply. <laughs> Just tune in the 3 eye Why'd you stay listening and listening in a while?
0: Describing the environment around here, uh, where where are the goats in relation to your property?
1: Goats are uh, 10 kilometers from here. It's a rocky, mountainous place, and um, they are quite uh, in a high level, how to say... High altitude? High altitude, so... It's approximately, right now, we are in 800, and they are approximately 1,200. Uh, uh, oh, okay. And so yeah. There are lots of animals, <laughs> wild animals there, so these dogs take care you of them. You have good
0: dogs yes. to take care of them. Great. We've <laughs> yes. seen so many amazing yes. sheep dogs. And sheep dogs. And, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, also, do you get to see
1: them very often? They're often. You go all yes. the time. Yeah, almost every second day or third day. Yeah, because you love them. Yeah, they're so <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Small ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, do you only make the cheese for your personal use? Yes. Yeah, you don't sell well, it. No, no. No.
1: Right now, not because we have um, many guests here, so we prefer to. Try to have for our guests and to sell. Right now, it's very low amount. So
0: yeah, how many mm-hmm. liters a day are they
1: producing? Uh, it depends on year, but approximately maybe sometimes twenty liters, sometimes mm-hmm. a bit more, a bit mm-hmm. less. It depends. Yeah.
0: yeah. So for the listeners, say like Deanna and, and Nick Nick, running a guest house as well as their winery. How big is the property that you have here?
1: In Atene, we have um, approximately one hectare, Mm -hmm. but it's small, small parts. uh, It's not one huge. um, Ah, so in different different plots, different plots. So, Mm -hmm. um, and we have uh, two um, guest houses. It's approximately, um, not approximately, nineteen rooms. Mm So, all of them, we are the host here. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's. Yeah.
0: So, you're busy enough without having to make a whole lot of goat's cheese and sell it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You get through it with all the guests that are coming in. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. For sharing your story. to Herds and Curds on 3CR and the final episode of our three-part series on artisan farmhouse cheesemakers of Georgia. Thanks to Deanna for her lovely conversation and accommodation in Georgia. Melbourne is fortunate enough to have a Georgian choir and Herds and Curds has been lucky enough to use the songs in this series and today we're joined in conversation by one of their members, Therese Virtue. Now, as listeners would be aware, I've been lucky enough to be able to pepper the program with music and songs from the Melbourne Georgian Choir and make that connection between Georgia and Melbourne where 3CR is situated. And so I'd like to delve a little bit more into the Melbourne Georgian Choir with Therese and welcome you to the program.
2: Thank you, Leanne. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great. I'm so excited that Melbourne does have a Georgian choir.
2: (laughs) Well, those of us who are in it are pretty excited about that too. In fact, Melbourne's got um, now four Georgian vocal ensembles. The Melbourne Georgian Choir, Gorani, which is the group that my partner Roger King sings in, which has been going for more than 20 years, maybe more than 25 years, they were the first group to sing Georgian songs on a regular basis and in fact um, the Melbourne Georgian Choir in some senses grew out of Gorony and a bunch of women who wanted to sing that music as well. And then there's another group called Alilo which is the the sort of baby I suppose of Nino Tsitsichvili. Nino Tsitsichvili is directed the Melbourne Georgian Choir Since its inception She's an ethnomusicologist from Georgia And uh, she works with her husband Joseph Jordania. They're both academics But they stretch a point And work with <laughs> people like us Who aren't as good singers as they would like But there is also this group This ensemble Which is about seven or eight voices Called Ali Lo, And another smaller ensemble Only four voices Has recently come into being And they've just done a little tour of... Uh, New South Wales and Queensland, I think. Tinscaro, their name is. And they are both beautiful ensembles. But the Melbourne Georgian Choir is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's also quite hard work.
0: Mm, It sounds very complex as a listener.
2: The songs, the languages that you're singing in, even when you're singing nonsense words, are difficult for us and they're difficult for our ears. And I think that there is no question that we would never manage to sing with anything but an Australian accent, even though we make a lot of effort to try and get the guttural consonants mm. correct or a bit near correct. But they have, um, I don't know, like two or three of each of those kh sounds that we can hardly make. Mm. And, and they're all different, um, but hard for us to find where to make them. It's, it's similar to the South African click languages mm. in that we just, as adults it's nearly impossible for us to learn to make those sounds, I think.
0: What about the ha- harmonics? Oh, the,
2: ha- the harmonies are tricky. Yeah. yeah but partly because they're not what you anticipate. If you've grown up with a Western-trained ear, which doesn't have to be because you're trained musically, it just um, the harmonies that you hear when you listen to pop songs on the radio or most Western music is written in, a set of conventions, major or minor scales mainly, and so your ear gets used to those. And the scales that they use in the Georgian songs, many of them are very different. There are very beautiful songs in major scales, Western major scales, but many of them, when they're transcribed, you can't even write the same key signature for the higher clef and the the, the G clef and the F clef because they don't use one key. Coraline. Yeah, so it's... Um, counterintuitive for, for the western trained musicians who come into the choir and for people like me who can't really read music you have to learn to listen for mm. a different sort of harmony and eventually you do and eventually I've found I sing usually the top line I can start to anticipate where it's going to go mm. these days yeah.
0: So the choir's been going for 20 years?
2: No the choir's been going for about eight or so years, I think. In 2010, so uh, the men's group, Gourney, went to Georgia in 2000. And uh, because I'm a partner of one of the members, I was lucky enough to go to then. And I saw, oh, um, it was amazing. Each time that the Australians have gone, there's been a a symposium on international polyphony held at the Conservatoire and that's why we go. We ah, get to okay. sing at that, we get to attend sessions and they also organise interesting trips into the regions and we go on those. But as uh, we've become more used to going and kind of more brave and the trip organisers who are Joseph and Nino in the first instance, Joseph really, um, they've taken us on what are actually collection trips and we've gone into quite remote regions the first time in 2010 the the, the mountain region where we went which was Svaneti that you may have mm, talked I know about, about it yeah yeah well it was so like the roads were unbelievable comparable only with roads that I met slightly later in East Timor really mm. huge potholes and um Quite I mean very dangerous really mm, anyhow yeah. we got there and went into the mountains and came back unscathed
0: and were you recording or just singing with people people have recorded
2: listened? yeah i have I've got some recordings of of traditional singers um but i haven't I haven't got lots of really good quality stuff I have recorded some of the workshops that we've done
0: were you singing with people oh okay.
2: yes we do sing with people and sometimes we have the glorious privilege of appearing on on local stages with groups that have taught us songs like if we stay with some people for a week and learn songs for a week then at the end of that week they invite us on stage and we can sing some of the songs that we've learned from them with them and that happened last year in 2018 we were in Marisi which is near Batumi.
0: That's near the Black Sea.
2: It's near the Black Sea, that's right, and it's near the border with Turkey. Mm-hmm. Marisi is a tiny village, but we went down to the nearest town, which has got quite a grand community. Centre building and we sang on the stage of that theatre with these men who were just, their voices were so spectacular and we sang this song that was really driving and fun to sing and these guys do this yodelling, it's a particular characteristic of of the Georgian singing and it went on and on with these guys singing and us singing this kind of underneath riff sort of thing and it was the best fun in the world It it was just such great fun Hello, I am Gabriel Gatte.
1: 3CR is like a souffle, a challenge to make, but it can just go higher and higher and higher. Support 3CR.
2: Every second year the symposium is held at the Conservatoire yeah. and so Joseph and Nino work now as academics in Australia. Joseph in particular, his connections with the Conservatoire in Tbilisi, the capital, his connections are very strong and, and people there wish that he would come back and work With them. And so he does work with them to some extent because the internet makes all sorts of things available, even in places like Georgia where the internet's not so great. But from his sort of academic position here at Melbourne Uni, he uh, looks after some of their masters and maybe even PhD students from the Conservatoire in Tbilisi. And he's a key organiser of the. Symposium mm-hmm. on International Polyphony.
0: And how is the Melbourne Georgian Choir received when you go and sing?
2: The last time we were introduced, um, the the compere said, and now our dear friends from Australia.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you must be making a great long-time connection now. We do.
2: We make long-time friendships. And yeah. now we've seen – I mean, there are people – uh, in fact, Joseph Jordania's mother, with whom, although she didn't speak any Georgian, any English, and I speak no Georgian, I really regarded her as a friend. And she died mm-hmm. about a month ago, mm-hmm. very sadly. And she was, I think, she was eighty-nine, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And she, and she was teaching piano to students until a few weeks before mm-hmm. she became sick here. Yeah. So those sorts of friendships, where you know whole families, and you've seen people pass, and, mm. and that's the case for several of the families we've been involved with, um, those friendships are very strong and they, they, it's interesting. They can cross language and cultural boundaries. They, they love the fact that we're prepared to travel so far mm. to come to the events in their country and although I think they probably laugh at our singing because the singing is so superb and glorious and just so skilled in Georgia um this is the singing that comes from the conservatory but the singing that comes from villages is uh, is unbelievably good And we practice once a week for eight weeks a semester and we have these big Australian accents and some of us are good at music and some of us are not so good. So Mm. we can never compare with those choirs, but they love the fact that we we try and do it. And I think all Georgians are so conscious of Russia breathing down its neck all the time. They so treasure their own culture, Mm. their own language, which is not like Russian and it's not like it's related to Chechen. I asked Dino this. This is part of why it's so difficult to get a handle on It's not related to any of the surrounding languages. It's not related to Armenian or Turkish. uh, It's got a relationship with Chechen and about one other language in the world. And so it's a precious part of the human Mm. heritage. Mm. But, of course, when Russia was the government, everybody had to speak Russian. And Russian is still a second language for a very large part of the Mm. population of Georgia. But it's not only Georgian. Like when we went to Svaneti. One of our choir was a woman who's very quick at languages and she heard Joseph say to one of the Svan people in a museum, speak to me in Georgian because he was speaking in Svan, uh-huh. which is another language That's altogether. Specific, yeah. And in Svaneti there are two groups, there are the upper Svan's and the Lower Svanes and they tell you that they can't understand each other. Yeah, but it was it's
0: in- incredible. It's so unique, isn't it, as a country in, in its culture. Oh, and, let me tell yeah.
2: you about a song. There, well, this is, this is one of several similar songs. I find it really hard to remember the names of the songs, but when we were in Morisi, I've stayed in that village for a week at a time, several times now, and there are several songs they teach you to sing which are about the grapevines, and this is what the songs say. The songs are about burying the grapevines so that they can't be found. Now, we've always assumed it was so that the Muslim Turks, who were a bit inclined to invade Maurici because the border is so close, so that they couldn't find the grapevines because they, uh, they're Muslims and they wouldn't mm. approve of of winemaking, let alone spirits making, which there is quite a lot of in Georgia as well. But um, and this is even, a, I mean, Mauritius is a Muslim village, but they make their own wine, and they uh, some of the family drink the wine, uh, and and they make rakia, the spirits too. But these songs are about burying how to find where you've buried the grapevines so that you can come spring, you can make them sprout and grow again oh. and there are several of these songs and no doubt they were really useful when the russians were telling them i didn't know that the russians had told them to mm-hmm. get rid of some of the varieties mm-hmm. in order to a for lot. industrial yeah. production yeah, yeah. but i bet a lot of those varieties have been saved
0: yeah so and there's an ongoing project you know like people are doing that at the moment going out to old you know villages and and homes and stuff and trying to locate um old old grape varieties and, and saving yeah. them and replanting them. Yeah. Well,
2: the remoteness would be one of the things that saved both language and song as well as yeah. um, agriculture.
0: When we were in Tbilisi, we met, um, it's actually an American guy who's living there, going out to remote villages and actually doing recordings of musicians and songs. I think I might know him, yeah. So there is a lot of that sort of like recapturing what had to be hidden in the many different Invasions of Georgia.
2: Yes. (laughs) You're listening to 3CR Radio.
0: So have you got any... Other favourite uh, moments or experiences about Georgia that you'd like to share?
2: Well, I have to tell you that I saw um, in, in one of the farms in Sfinetti where we were being billeted, I sat with another singer and watched a, a woman make, cheese, make her cheese for the next day, a soft cheese obviously, and she had the milk on the stove and she was stirring it. This village is, is, is a tiny cluster of houses on a steep slope of mud mm. in these mountains that are actually very unstable, but they all have um, cattle, and uh, there are goats as well. but this was c- cow 's milk cheese she was making a lot of what they did for us was um, khachapuri, which i 'm sure you 've talked about the mm. bread and cheese uh, dish that 's one of those things that you can you can take with you when you 're going out to work in the fields, mm. and that the bread parcels up the cheese. Mm. Except in those ones where they put the egg on top and yeah. you have to eat it hot. Yeah,
0: we did eat a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's easy to eat too yeah, much. Yeah, I know. Kuchipuri. At some point I think I said I just can't do it. Not, not, no more Kachapuri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great though. Well, I think we'll leave it there. So I do want to thank the Melbourne Georgian Choir for letting me play your music throughout the, the program. Um
2: they are delighted. Yeah, Leanne. no,
0: it's been wonderful. I've had uh, feedback from listeners saying they really, really enjoyed that part of the program too, including the, those those songs. So, oh,
2: fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank the Melbourne you. Georgian Choir has had an exciting year. We've sung with Lithuanians this year and we've sung with Ukrainians. There's a, around this period of time is uh, when some of these uh, states made declarations of independence. It didn't last because the Soviet Union came in and just sort of scotched all that but there's a lot of um, affection between those various states Mm. and the Melbourne Georgian Choir which is a bunch of Australian fakes really has been connecting with those other communities and and this year has been very exciting for us.
0: Have you got any gigs coming up
2: that you want to let us know about? We have a gig coming up in Signet at the Signet Festival in Tasmania in the second weekend of uh, January 2020, and we're really looking forward to that. There's so much more I could tell you, Leanne. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Georgia and food and singing.
0: Thanks to Diana Vashisvili and Therese Virtue for chatting to Herds and Kurds. And thanks also to the Melbourne Georgian Choir for sharing the music of their 2017 performance at Liquid Architecture's Polyphonic Social. Thanks also to Living Roots for introducing us to Diana and Nico. And thank you to Ilya for driving us to Atene twice. You can listen back to Herds and Curds on the 3CR website or you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. You can also see some photos of Lee's trip to Georgia on the Herds and Curds Instagram page. Music we are heading out with is Blue Nude by Ross Hannaford and Bart Willoughby.